0: Hello and welcome back to X Wingin' It, our increasingly fun show about the history of Star Wars video games and the stories that they told that were erased when Disney nuked them. Uh, is that a Have we figured out an intro? Is that a good intro at this point? It's
1: pretty good. It's as close as it ever gets to. Yeah. It's as close as it ever gets. <laughs> yeah.
0: I hope on our very last episode is the one that I finally like nail it professionally. Hi, I'm Brock Wilbur. Uh, I am a video game writer who uh, grew up playing Star Wars games and not seeing any of the movies. So I have an affinity for the lore. Uh, this is my co-host. And I'm Alex Kane. I wrote a book about KOTOR. What is that for people that don't know what those initials mean? <laughs> uh,
1: oh, yeah. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So it's kind of uh, one of the better Star Wars video games of all time from 2003 by BioWare. And, uh, yeah, Um you we, also
0: write about Star Wars video games at StarWars.com. dot com. I feel like you have m- yes. more credits here than you give yourself credit for.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I did have a column that was like a bi-weekly column on classic Star Wars games at StarWars.com. dot com. I recently filed the last one of those, so now I have to come up with a new column idea about Star Wars video games. But uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't found like the right, the right uh, pitch yet. So. <laughs> I will oh, yeah. miss the
0: column, but I also enjoy in a selfish way that now that's, that's my content it is yes. our content. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cause Not like
0: that, it was hurting the show for you to be paid elsewhere to do a buttload of research on the same material.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, now we can kind of like, this is that column in a, in another form
0: more entertaining perhaps. Uh, and we have one today that is fascinating to me because, uh, i thought when it came out that it was one of those like maligned properties that like i i remember picking it up in a store and a friend being like oh don't waste your money on that uh and now in revisiting it i revisited it for the first time like last year and i was like this is really good uh and then i didn't finish it and then came back and finished it for this um it is a game called republic commando uh from uh, Ot five uh alex what is republic commando
1: uh, it's a 2005 first-person shooter. Um, it's it's squad-based. Uh, I think the tagline for the game was, like, your squad is your weapon or something to that effect. Um, right. And, yeah, you know. It,
0: yeah, I remember reading that and being like, that feels like one of those motivational, like, teamwork. It'll get you through the forest sort yeah. of posters, but it actually is a really good tagline for what the game is.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Halo Five. Um, I'm sort of like the one of the 12 people who enjoyed Halo 5's campaign, and uh, you know, going back to this game after so many years, I was like, um, there's there's so many similarities. It's just like like endless similarities where you know you're you're commanding your teammates. You're the leader of a squad of four. Um, you're issuing commands, you know, go here, pick up that gun, um, blow up that thing, you know, attack that creature, um, so on and so forth. Hey, one of our squad mates is down. Can you resurrect them or whatever? And, uh, yeah, it turns out that the guy who was the creative director on Republic Commando was the game director on Halo 5. And so, you know, you can really see that, that this is sort of a, you know, it's a game that is ahead of its time it's it's anachronistic uh and yet from like a technical standpoint you can see how you know what's that line from the prestige that david bowie says you know about the <laughs> man's uh reach uh, escapes his grasp or something like that you
0: know this is this game is of all the of all the quotes from all the movies to tie into republic commando yeah. i did not foresee the Bowie prestige line coming in, but you're not wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many good ideas in this game that, you know, given another 10 years, uh, which literally, I think Halo five came out exactly a decade after this. So, um, And if you, if you play these two games back to back, um, it's incredible. This guy, Tim Longo, I think he started it as a, or at least he was a tester, um, at LucasArts. I don't know if that's like how he got his start in the industry, but, uh, there's a definite through line with this Tim Longo guy who, he was a creative director on Republic Commando, wound up directing Halo 5 and, um, yeah, it's like Halo 5 got to fully realize all the great ideas that are in Republic Commando that, uh. You know, didn't necessarily work super well in 2005 on the very primitive hardware that they had back then, but... um you know, like you said earlier, you know, it, it's it's a delight to go back to it and find out that it's it's much better than I thought too. You know, I, I didn't have mm-hmm. people, I didn't have people tell me that it was bad when it came out, but I, I think I bought it and and you know, it has like this very gritty art style. It's got it's a, a strong sense of identity. It doesn't look like every other Star Wars game. Um,
0: and and if there's anything that any of you know about me, it's that uh, be it uh, movies or, or games or board games. Uh, anytime something is uh, got more ideas than it knows what to do with, I'm I'm in for it. Um, so Republic Commando opens with you uh, being sort of born in your clone tank because you're one of the many uh, yes. clone troopers that the Republic builds. Um, and and out of the gate, it did something that like I've never watched like Clone Wars or anything. And I'm I assume that this is has a precedent elsewhere elsewhere in the lore. But at first, I was scratching my head and I was like, the fuck is uh, this thing? Uh, which <laughs> is that uh, you're told like you're a clone like everyone else here, Um, but you're, like, better. Like, you've got a better brain, and they're going to give you better technology because you're going to be a leader, Um, which I was like, well, that's odd. And then you get introduced to your team, which uh, you've got, like, several guys in the team that are are specialists, uh, and they do, like, explosions, or they're a sniper, or they're a hacker. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're introduced to you as your brothers, uh, and I realized, oh, they actually are your brothers like your clones of the same person but with different skill sets and because they've gone through essentially like different training and like different life experiences uh, they all have very distinct personalities uh, which uh, I found out uh, like reading a production diary sort of thing that uh, George Lucas stepped in late in the games production when you were one of four identical clones and was like you you guys, like you can't just make all these guys look and sound the same. But like the only source material they had to work with at the time was Star Wars Episode Two, where all the clone troopers look and sound exactly alike because they're clones. So like it's just such a weird George Lucas moment to wander in and be like, where'd you get this terrible idea? And everyone's like, you. And he's like, well, <laughs> don't do that. And then leaves and they have to spend months redoing the game uh but the game basically plays in, a, in this first person shooter way which the opening of it aside from you know being born in a tank uh your in- introduction to the the field of battle and stuff is so halo one you basically drop down and you got to go look for your friends, but it like the, the intro is all being shot at while you're flying in the, it's fine. It's all just apocalypse now. And I I get that. Yeah. Um, But you meet up with your squad uh, and you're given sort of a control that you're doing first person shooting, but also you can tell people where to go and what to do. uh, And it shouldn't work on a console. Uh, It it should be too cluttered, but they sort of uh, allow you to just use one button that, uh, is context sensitive. So if you uh, want somebody to hack a panel, you just aim over there and hit the button and it automatically knows which person to send there. Uh, This does become frustrating in a micromanaging sense because you also have to tell your teammates to go use health stations when they're like low on health, which is like, that feels like one of the things you could have pre-programmed. Like if somebody's dying, that they go to take care of this but you you help your squad mates up uh, and and you do things like that and and it does give you a shocking number still limited but a shocking number of these sort of options on things where it's like oh you can do like a breach entry on a locked door where you mm-hmm. guys like blow the door open and you burst in and if you know that there's dudes on the other side of the door it'll take them out which that makes it a cool thing but also your hacker dude can hack the door and opens it and it's quiet and then you can sneak up behind people but like stealth doesn't really work in this game so it just means that they turn around slower it doesn't really give you an advantage there's as we've mentioned this is just a game with a bunch of ideas uh and but it does put you into this very interesting i I feel like there's two things that are sort of a theme in our podcast so far first is like generally the year 2005 almost all of our episodes are there because it feels like this massive like circa episode three dump of games but it also is before everything at lucas starts going fucking terribly and like things go bad so there's just so many so many games that we're going to talk about that come out around this time and the other is that there's so many games that i think we probably find more interesting than some of the more straightforward like your luke uh games which is where you're playing these various uh, grunts or dealing with this bureaucracy. And this one is very interesting because it's like, well, you're you're affecting these stories, but not in a way that plays with the canon because you're basically a black ops team who has to go do these jobs, like taking out a bad guy or fixing a relay antenna or whatever. But like, if you do your job well, no one will ever know you're there. And so your job basically becomes just surviving with your brothers. Uh, and that's for a game about... For clones is a really human experience that I I find fascinating and again for a game about clones I think the biggest selling point of this game especially in 2019 revisiting it is kind of the the Personalities of these characters interacting which did not expect to come in and have that to say but there it is Uh, Why don't why don't you uh, offer up some of your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean so you're voiced by tamara morrison i believe who voices you know boba fett and jango fett i mean he he portrays them in the films right most of the time or uh certainly he plays the clones in episodes two and three um so you have that very like authentic okay this is what a clone trooper should sound like and then the other three members of the squad are, are different voice actors like uh Raphael sparge plays like scorch i think and he's uh he's karth from night's old republic or kaden from mass effect so i mean. Yeah, it's like
0: the Scorch is also a character that like somehow seems like he's 40 years older than everyone else and has like Yeah, this this Rorschach level like bloodthirst, but also like Vietnam War style like flashback stuff where everyone's like hey this thing's kind of weird right now And he's like I just love slitting throats in the night And (laughs) And even your clone troopers are like the the fuck is wrong with you, dude? What is what isn't happening? It's like well, I'm Scorch so it's kind of my thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, You know, it's got it's got a similar flavor to like Inferno Squad and, you know, in Battlefront 2 from 2017, Uh, you know, but but at the same time, yes, they're clones. They have their own very separate, you know, lore background. Um, It predates the Clone Wars animated show by three years, um, which is interesting. So so it's very firmly rooted in the, you know non-canonical expanded universe lore from like the dark horse comics and the, uh, you know, some of the novels that were coming out. There's actually like a series of tie in novels, um, that go along with this game based on these characters. Um, that are called the Republic commando series, I believe. And they're by Karen Travis. Um, I have not read those, but they are supposed to be some of the best, um, more kind of boots on the ground, uh, Star Wars novels from that time period.
0: Um, I would read the hell out of that because it seems like battleship troopers with a better sense of humor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I hear really great things about, especially the first one where they kind of introduce these characters to, you know, outside the games and, uh, yeah, it's weird. They they like canonized it in the the cartoons. So so like you see these guys actually show up in the animated show and you know in canon Star Wars. But I don't think they're really named. Uh, I don't think they really have a whole lot to say. You know, to to necessarily you know give the idea that this game is you know super canonical but but they did like do a nice nod where they they have the same appearances and everything and i think they're just called like the commandos or whatever um but yeah it's uh you know it's it's very much like yeah it's it's a traditional kind of fPS with with a lot of like great you know abilities grafted onto it i think like you said the the whole context commands is really important and um they basically guide you through the Clone Wars um, from the moment the Clone Wars begin on Geonosis. They call it like zero hour in the game and then, uh, and lead all the way up to like prior to order 66, I believe is kind of like where the, the the battle of Kashyyyk stops. Um, You know uh, there's, there's not like a lot of guns, right? That's like sort of the, the one like big criticism that I would maybe throw at it now, you know, You, you sort of, Uh, have like modular guns with where you can swap like attachments and have them do different things like, like grenade launching and stuff like that, I think. But um, you know, you're, you're kind of conserving ammo or trying to find ammo. If you have like a lot of enemies to take care of. And um... there
0: there are a lot of really cool guns that have a lot of like interesting ideas and things happening, Mm -hmm. but you can only really have one gun at a time. And then you have, the same secondary weapon the entire game which is this pistol with unlimited ammo for if you run out of stuff but the pistol is worthless and (laughs) a lot of these primary like weapons that would be really interesting are these very limited things like a grenade launcher or something where you're like i really wish that could be my second weapon because i would have kept it a lot longer and done interesting things with it uh it is kind of funny that uh they're they're making a video game and so that they they know they have to have certain video game style weapons so like at some point you pick up like a shotgun and your your troopers actually like you know talk about they're like oh, like, is this almost like a funny retro thing that these pirates had? Uh, It's like, (laughs) but, you know, a projectile weapon, that's so old school, but, you know, we can use it. And I was was laughing so hard. (laughs) I was like, all right, we made shotguns canonical at a time where it doesn't work. There's also like a very funny little like Easter egg thing where uh, at one point you find a dead Jedi and he's got his lightsaber there and your character is like, ah, uh, a more refined weapon for a more refined time. Well, time... Time keeps on slipping, like, just making fun of, like, Dead Jedi. I was like, all right, there's there's a lot of little details that you can tell that somebody really went through and was like, I'm going to fill this world out. Yeah, it's got a lot of atmosphere,
1: you know, like the the environments have a very, you know, strong look to them, you know. It's not, it's not a game that even though... It's like maybe short compared to like modern shooter campaigns. You know, it's not Doom Twenty Sixteen by any means. But <laughs> but but it's really heavy on atmosphere and, and there's things like, you know, the night vision ability and um you know, yeah, just like the sheer number of like enemy creatures that you encounter. I think that's like one of the game's strong points is just like the, the variety of enemies. You know, there's like flying Geonosians or there's, you know, battle droids everywhere and uh you know
0: this is a this is a very polished game and that was not what i was expecting because i i knew that it was a troubled production i was like i always thought like the thing was like oh they had to rush it out the door to to meet you know release windows with the movie uh and it was it is not it like the lighting and the textures and everything is incredible like they of course lucas arts has access to all the original like audio files so all everything sounds and feels like you think it should uh it it is a, a beautiful, like really realized world. And, and yeah, things like the, the night vision stuff come into play. And you're like, this does an incredible job of making me feel like I am what I understand a trooper to be in this world, including that your blaster is the least accurate weapon I have ever shot with in a video game. It almost <laughs> doesn't work. And I was like, this is a very funny joke conceptually. But when I'm playing, I'm not the biggest fan of it.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I I think that's like the, maybe the biggest thing where it's like, you know, man, this game would be so much higher on my list of like favorite Star Wars games. If just the, the guns felt better to use. And it was more slightly like a modern shooter, you know, um, because it did come out in 2005 and I mean, halo was 2001. So it, it feels like a huge downgrade from like that kind of shooting. And I mean,
0: a it little... does feel like Halo One in a lot of ways. It does feel like there were like if this had come out in oh one oh two, it would have blown people's heads off. Like mm-hmm. it, it, 05 is a little late for what this is, but it's still so good and it holds up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. And it's like like you were saying, it's very much like a quality over quantity kind of uh, you know finished product. It's uh, you know it's it's not like rickety and 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 horrible the way that you know a rushed license game would typically be, you know, especially like outside of LucasArts, you know, a lot of uh, like quote unquote movie games back then, you know, they could mm-hmm. be, they could be pretty bad, but uh, you know, this in the grand scheme of like Star Wars game history, I mean, Um, I didn't put it on my top 10 that I did recently, but, you know, it's, it's on a lot of people's top 10s. It's, you know, a lot of people would call it their favorite game. And I think it's, yeah, it's a mix of the character, you know, and and the fact that, uh, it does, it does tell like a, a story about, yeah, a team of, you know, soldiers, you know, with, with no, no aspirations to be like wizards or anything, right? They're just trying to, they're just trying to do their job. And, and, uh, it's sort of neatly, um, it kind of keeps everybody firmly in on the heroic side of things, right? It's not like, um, you know, other games where there's maybe, you know, some, uh, you know, where, where the, the empire suddenly happens and, you know, oh, the clones are killing the Jedi now, um, suddenly i feel a little weird it, it, about this character but
0: it accomplishes a good amount of that by doing this thing that i noticed that we're going to run into in a lot of star wars stuff especially things uh like we ran into a tie in tie fighter and stuff especially when you're, you're doing something that's that's erring on the side of of the dark side of things um it, it borrows rules from like golden age comic books uh where there's like no humans you kill in this game like everything is like weird monsters and stuff which is really interesting because it means you're fighting mostly weird monsters and robots and there's a lot of room to like like uh the, the the creatures that you fight in the first level can fly in from nowhere and just murder the hell out of you or drag people off into the night and i was like okay this is uh mm-hmm. dark for a star wars game and i i like it this is way better than the just shooting at somebody that's shooting at me but also I'm not violating the rules of my beliefs in this universe.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of aliens and robots. Um, the Genosians that you're referring to, they're sort of like the bug like creatures from attack of the clones, especially. And I mean, they're, they're really established in the films as like, yeah, they're sentient and they're intelligent aliens, but they're, they're pretty like irredeemable, you know, across the board, they're very much like a, a cartoon villain race that, you know, um, they're all trying to kill Jedi and, and they're, they're basically like war profiteers. Like they, they build all the, right. all the droids for the, the separatists. So, I mean, from a, you know, from a Flash Gordon kind of angle, you know, if you look at Star Wars especially like the episode two and three, um, you know, around, a, around the time of episode two, that's a pretty pulpy cut and dry black and white <laughs> cowboys and Indians kind of movie. Right. Where, um, yeah, I mean, those aliens, they're, they're goofy and, and, and you're not, you don't feel bad when you kill a Geonosian, you know. Uh, but, but of course, in the animated show, they they introduce, like, the queen. And, the, you know, the, so they, they do stuff to kind of humanize them later on. But, yeah, I mean, when this game came out, it was, it was you know, the clones were firmly, you know, the heroes, so to speak. And, um, yeah, I, I think the characters, yeah, they have a lot of charm. The dialogue and the voiceovers are all really good. Um, yeah, I mean... It, it's the kind of thing that it would almost like benefit from a remake in terms of like graphical improvements or, uh, you know, things like the gunplay, but, but from like a story perspective and the performances, I mean, it, it, uh, it really does what it sets out to do well. And it's, uh, yeah, I, when it came out, I thought, you know, this game's kind of ugly and doesn't look exactly like the films. And, um, you know, I, I it was very gritty. I guess you know it's sort of like yes. uh, you know grim and yeah. You said apocalypse now. I mean, yeah. When it when it came out, it was very unappealing to sort of fifteen year old Alex. But going back to it now, I'm like, you know, damn, this is a well made, well made product for sure.
0: So it, uh, the game has a very clear uh, three act structure. Do you want to walk us through the the three sort of places you go and what happens there?
1: Yeah, I mean, so you start off at yeah zero hour the Clone Wars kick off um geonosis so that that's the if you are kind of fuzzy on the overall star wars history or lore what have you geonosis is the planet in attack of the clones where um yoda first shows up with the clone army that you know (laughs) sypha Diaz ordered without the jedi council's knowledge many years ago and um you know kind of kind of saves the day by delivering the clones to geonosis or all these jedi are kind of um, fighting with the the Trade Federation and and Count Dooku and you know basically these forces that are all aligned with the, the the Sith and the Dark Side and um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a very cut and dry kind of like okay we're we're fighting back you know this invasion well not invasion because you are the invasion but in terms of uh, you know you're you're rescuing the Jedi and and trying to
0: trying to pull your forces out uh but. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh... and you wind up sort of descending into the planet itself into all these like weird like mining places. And there's yeah. uh, unending swarms of these creatures that get weirder and, and it gets darker. The But you're also on sort of an assassination mission that uh, you wind up messing up, but the person still dies. So it's sort of OK. There's a lot of sort of blundering through, but also like the the actual production of this game it was just going to take place in this one act. It was just supposed to be one day on the first day of the thing. uh, And then they got done with it and realized they had a lot of time. So they made act two.
1: Yeah. And so, so you basically the whole, like the first third of the game is, yeah, all in that, that time period where the war is starting. And, you know, it's like on that industrial planet where they make the battle droids. And then act two, you kind of do the very, uh, you know, nifty trick of like, like boarding, um, like a spaceship that is under droid occupation. And, uh, and so you're, you're, you're doing like a, like an infiltrating the, uh, what is it? The, the prosecutor, I think it's called. And, um, I'm a little fuzzy on what the, are you, are you just trying to blow it up? Is that pretty much what you're doing? I can't remember like the final objective on that one, but, uh, Hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of little side things, but yes, at the end of the day, you're always just working to blow something up. That's
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a, an acclimator class assault ship. So those are, I believe, the like the big uh, star destroyers that you see at the end of Attack of the Clones when all the clones are kind of uh, you know all in their CGI glory. You know, as far as the eye can see, taking off. You know, to go to fight the, the Star Wars, you know, they're, uh, they're loading up on these giant transport <laughs> ships and, uh, and yeah, so it's one of those, um, but it's, it's under control of, of all these droids. So, um, and so the entire second act is, is on this ship. And then uh, the third act is very, much more closely tied into like revenge of the Sith, which, I mean, that movie came out the same year. So it makes sense that it ends there. Um, there's a lot of like practical considerations, like the fact that, uh, you know, if you, if you end with the battle of Kashik, then you don't have to deal with the mess of like, Oh, these clones are going to be ordered to kill all the Jedi. So that's going to get real awkward. Um, you know, and, and the Wookiees are obviously aligned with master Yoda. Um, there's, there's actually General Grievous is on Kashik at that point. Um, there's like Wookiees being taken captive by like Trandoshan slavers. Trandoshans are, are like Bosk from Empire Strikes Back, the sort of, uh, lizard looking guy that, uh, you know, is sort of compared to like the Gorn from Star Trek, I guess. Um, uh, and, uh, General Tarful makes an appearance in the third act. He's, he's like the uh, the Wookiee general that, uh, you know, Yoda, when he says goodbye in Revenge of the Sith, he's saying goodbye to, to both Chewbacca and Tarful. So, yeah, Tarful's like the, the other Wookiee who has a name in, in the films, basically. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean. I'm a little fuzzy on on the, the third act in terms of uh, how it all wraps up. But do, do some of your squad mates, do they like sacrifice themselves like Halo Reach style?
0: Yeah, there's there's some of that going on. And and, and you're right about uh, release here because uh, so the second act of the game, I think, is so much better than the first act. And it's like, oh, that's cool that that was an add on. They kind of thought that they were done then. And then uh, they were told like, oh, this game actually comes out like two months before. Star Wars episode three comes out. So we want to put on the back of the box for this game that uh, there's a whole section here that uh, ties into the story of three and will like tell you all this stuff about it, much the same way that like the Enter the Matrix games were sold. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so they were forced to put in that sort of third act with all, all of the stuff that was tie in. And you can tell that there's sort of like a padding here because that that act is is almost longer than the rest of the game. Uh, and there's a lot of repetition of stuff that happens within that where you're like, OK, I can tell that you you just copied and pasted some level stuff or some like uh, some sort of uh, missions that were in here just to make it last longer. And, and this is not the last time that we will talk about uh, games that were forced to make changes based on like DVD releases uh, during the prequel time. There's there's a lot of weird stuff that happens there to try and tie into two and three. Uh, but th- this, this one's particularly funny. Like, no, 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 we got it. It's got to say on the box that it's going to tie in and like, okay, we'll make another third of this game.
1: Yeah. Like, like the middle act is very much like, wow, Republic Commando is its own standalone story. Like this is uh, such a unique, um, the kind of thing that LucasArts uh, sort of stopped doing at a certain point. circa. Yeah. Around that time, 2005. And, and, and then yet yeah, you get to act three and then it's like, okay, now we're, we're kind of in that final phase of LucasArts history where, um, yeah, every, everything, <laughs> everything is now, uh, you know, a commercial for a DVD box set and, uh, or, or, you know, to, to get you to go see episode three, which, uh, is silly because I think it, you know, necessarily kind of worked the other way for, 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 the majority of the audience I mean I think maybe you're the exception to that you're the you're the guy who uh the games came first right but uh yeah I don't know it's it's uh I think you're right that the the mill act is the strongest part the opening act is uh almost like it's got some tutorial stuff in it and then uh and yeah act three is just kind of uh a bit
0: of a grind but um yeah, I mean, act one has some of that stuff that like introduces you to mechanics that uh, like there's a mechanic that you can tell your team to clear out a room or you can tell them to seek and destroy or you can, you can tell them to get like into protective mode. But it, it's a pointless mechanic because you'll never not be in the same room as your guys. So like telling them to seek and destroy, you would think like that means like go explore other rooms or do whatever It's like no defense and attack and attack harder when your guys are tethered to always standing around you none of that makes any sense uh you're like what are you gonna do tell them to not shoot like i don't get it but like act two also uh i don't think it was in act one but i'm pretty sure act two (laughs) introduces the mechanic where you can start uh you'll you'll have sort of these uh wave attack things where you know like a big attack is coming and you guys are in a room and you can actually tell your guys where to like post up and build barricades and stuff to to be ready for the thing yeah like and i was form like, up. oh this yeah this is such a, an interesting like mechanic and i want to play more of this game
1: yeah um yeah i don't know it's like there's just there is a sense that there could be more um in terms of like like don't you wish there were boss battles a little bit more like like uh or am I alone in that? Does it seem like like the enemies like there's great variety among the sort of enemy troops, but then there aren't like these big crescendo moments the way the other games we've done podcast episodes about. You know, there's no there's no big like oh here's here's uh you know where you fight General Grievous or something right? There, that stuff's all I mean, I happening find it in the background. thematically
0: appropriate that like you're you're. A group of grunts like doing grunt work against other grunts and like you said no one here is trying to be a space wizard so it would be weird to have like these four guys go up against like a jedi master who can only be defeated by another jedi because like us just shooting our stupid blasters should get us killed like there shouldn't be a way around (laughs) that uh and and like this game being a squad control thing if it was like a first-person shooter, if it was Shadows of the Empire or something, and there was a segment that was like, oh, we're fighting Boba Fett yet again, uh, and you know you can't beat him, but it's about like shooting some energy pods above him that explode, or some, using some sort of clever wit thing, that would make sense, but it feels like too unwieldy in here, so I'm I'm okay. Like, there's also, it's a difficult enough game uh, that I was never like, you know what, I need a harder thing, which there is, there is also an interesting game mechanic here where if you get shot and you're on the ground like bleeding out uh you can tell your guys to like abandon whatever they're doing and come like help you up Mm -hmm. or you can tell them to keep doing what they're doing which is interesting because you're starting to die but if they're like working on like hacking a console and when that gets hacked like this level's going to be finished or something then you can just be like no keep keep doing that deal with me later uh and that's sort of a fun thing to manage like Hey, what what am I doing right now, and what are they doing? Uh, and it does require you to be aware of the entire squad, and I, I found that really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, you do have to kind of make decisions and, and weigh weigh like the the pros and cons of that, um, because yeah, there's there's like yeah, we're making progress on this console, or um, yeah, you know maybe maybe there's a room full of enemies but one of your guys gets downed and so you know you can say hey scorch like go heal you know the other guy or whatever but uh, yeah i think i think i've i cleared a couple of objectives like while i was down you know just like waiting for my squad to do it uh, you know cuz i i'm like okay i'll take a breather you guys got it um but yeah and there
0: is an interesting thing that happens there which is that i think in a in a, in a more modern version of the game the other guys on your team that have these defined personalities would probably have different fighting styles or something like they mostly just they fight and they shoot in in almost the exact same way unless you tell them to do otherwise and ostensibly they each have a, a skill set but uh like, there are not, there are a lot of things that happen in the game. Like, you tell the explosive guy to go put an explosive on this barrier that's on a bridge. Yeah. He can go do that while you and the rest of the team cover him. Or you can tell him to cover you, and you can do any of the skill-based things that, that need to happen. Which is interesting that, like, you... Because it, it falls in line here. Like, you are a commander because you are smarter than everyone and you're a, a natural leader. But it also allows you to be, like, sometimes, like... I just, I don't want to worry about covering like you guys do the covering. I'll go deal with this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a lot of like, okay, so there's like a a specific contextual thing that we got to do right now. And so, um, yeah, it's just like, okay, how do I do this without, you know, getting us all destroyed. And, um, (laughs) I, I think, I think it's like a lot of, it is a lot of just kind of managing like health and ammo, um, but but I mean yeah, the squad mechanic it, it feels it feels uh, very sort of uh, more chess than checkers a lot of the time you know I mean you do have to kind of yeah think about what you know decision you're making and if you fail which I mean you definitely do end up failing sometimes you know it's like okay well where did we go wrong that we just got owned um, so yeah I don't know it's uh it's it's pretty it's very rewarding um, from kind of a Clear this room and get to the next, um, you know, sort of moment to moment way. Um, I just, yeah, I wish that there were the guns felt a little better and there was more like feedback when you actually hit something and that they were more sort of accurate. But, uh, you know, I think, I think you can pick up like a sniper and just feel like totally
0: useless with it, right? Um, things like that. Oh, absolutely. But, but uh, it, it, it takes a sniper amount of time to reload, and usually you're having to bounce between like doing a sniper attack, but something popping up right in front of you Mm -hmm. and running around while like a low level grunt just beats the crap out of me while I'm just trying to reload was, uh, was hard, especially when I was like, I'm in the middle of a group of, of three other dudes. Why is no one else helping?
1: Yeah. I don't want to say that the AI, I don't want to give like credit and say that the AI is like really smart, but they're definitely really aggressive for a game. That's that old. You know, they, they really do like, you know, chase your ass down and, uh, and it makes it fun. You know, it, like everything feels pretty dangerous, you know, in the moment to moment, like uh, when when you you run into some super battle droid or something uh, or or, you know, some big alien. Um, yeah, it's 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 very fun to play. It's not. uh you know, even when it's challenging, it's not tedious and it's not about a lot of uh trying to find your way through some labyrinth like you know, like mm-hmm. Shadows of the Empire, Dark
0: Forces sometimes right. could be.
1: You know, it's it's very there, much there was
0: such interesting level design here that was god damn it, thankfully linear. I really appreciated that. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. It feels very linear. Um like a lot of it like the world feels big, but a lot of it is just sort of background, you know, art or, or whatnot. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting to play. It's, it's a game that like I'll come back to again. You know, it's not, it's not a chore the way that, uh, you know, TIE fighter was for me, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I think somebody who's never played it can pick it up. I mean, I, I bought the game in 2005 and, quickly decided that it wasn't really my thing and gave up on it pretty, pretty quick. And, and, you know, here we are all these years later, 14 years later. And I'm like, Oh, actually, you know, I was wrong about this. This is really fun. And uh, so, yeah, I mean,
0: I think that that speaks to the quality of the story uh, more than it speaks to the mechanics, but the mechanics holding up as well as they do. Cause sometimes we go back here, like you mentioned with chore time. And it's like, will this be, more work than it's worth just to make it function. Uh, and and this is certainly not that. and and you brought up the the AI and 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 how it's pretty aggressive here. And it is a very tricky thing to look at a game that is squad based and you depend on their AI to hold up part of that bargain versus an enemy AI that I think is better programmed. <laughs> like your your enemies are much smarter than your team is, even though your team is certainly not like, ruining the whole thing. Like, your your guys will seek cover in any room you're in when there's cover available. Like, they're mm. they're smart enough to keep staying alive, and most of the stuff you don't have to micromanage in a way that feels silly. So, like, it is it is a weird balancing dynamic of, of all the things that I think would be tweaked in a remaster. Like, I was much better with the art uh, and the visuals than I think you were. <laughs> but, like, uh, yeah, some of this stuff, when, uh, when no one was paying attention to me dying uh, while no one else had anything to do, I was like, N- we're not we're not being brothers right here, are we? We're not brothers in arms uh, in the way that I was promised.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I think the art and the graphics look better now almost than they did when the game came out in terms of like, uh, when it came out, I was like, this doesn't look like star Wars. And now I look at it and it's like, Oh, that's actually a really good rendition of the battle of Geonosis or whatever. So, I mean, um, you know, versus maybe a game like battlefront two or something where it's like, you know, ostensibly looks very authentic, but I mean, um, you know, these, these character models in Republic commando, they're very, uh, you know, they have a lot of, uh, sort of character to them. Like they, they have a very strong like silhouette and, and they, you know, they have, they have like sort of, uh, flat texture to them, right. Where it's, uh, you know, it's not real texture, but it's, uh, you know, there's not a lot of like just flat polygons of like, you know, uh, you know, it's a detailed world with uh, you know, a lot of color and a lot of, uh, you know, shadows and, and you know, it's it's dynamic and, and uh, yeah, rich. The
0: the gritty shadowy look of it also made me think in the, in the same like path that you're going here, but also just sort of uh, about how um, like there's a version of this game that I think could exist that I would love that is like uh, cell shaded. Like a thirteen style thing, and and it sent me down this road of like, hey, why is it that no one does like visually interesting Star Wars games? Like they're all tied to like trying to look as much like Star Wars as possible. And I get that that is a universe thing, but also like you can you can take chances, and I'm sure we'll find something that really fits that. But it always feels like I, I. I can always tell when it's a like a LucasArts based game because they have access to all the original audio files and that sounds good or like even when we were doing Dark Forces which is probably the closest that we have to that but they were still trying via the graphics at the time to get as close as they could mm-hmm. uh I'd like to see something that isn't that. But then again, I'm the outlier that always wants star Wars to not be star Wars. So maybe fuck me. No one cares. what I
1: think. <laughs> You know, that new show, the new Disney show, it's only one season in, but it's called star Wars resistance. And it's a really gorgeous show. It's animated in Tokyo. Um, I think the the company's called like polygon something and uh maybe like polygon incorporated or something i don't know but it's a gorgeous like very cell shaded looking cartoon and uh i think if they ever made a game of that it would have to be
0: cell shaded and it would just it would look so cool um first you've already sold me i'm trying to buy it right now secondly (laughs) i think you and i should start a a website called polygon incorporated and see how long it takes for the cease and desist letter to come
1: yes i think that yeah uh,
0: The gaming world is ready for Polygon Inc.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think that visually, um, you know, I I want the next star Wars game, like fallen order. And I think it's going to be thankfully, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to see stuff that doesn't look like Dice's battlefront games. You know, we need some variety, (laughs) some, some variety and some character, you know, as much as I do love those games, especially the second one, I, I think that, yeah, some, some risk taking and some variety is good. I think fallen order is a step in that direction, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, uh,
0: I I assume you've seen it, but friend of the show, uh, Mike Bithell, uh, is directing the uh, John Wick video game, Hex, that's coming out soon. And it is a very, like, XCOM strategy style game, but done with a a very cool, like, uh, low poly, like, cell shaded style. Yes. I was just like, perfect. That's exactly what this should be. It looks so cool and good. And I was like, I think that that was also tied into this. I was like, why isn't this game... Cell shaded i want everything to be cel-shaded but also why can't things just be different and and to its credit like you said before when you were a teenager and playing this you you inherently recognize like this doesn't look like it should because it's darker and grittier it's like okay so it, it did try for that and maybe it's failure here speaks to the the reason why no one else does it
1: yeah i'm not sure i mean it, it was it was riskier looking at the time than it looks now but uh yeah i don't know it's it's uh you, you go back to these old games sometimes expecting the worst from like the visuals and it looks better mm-hmm. to me now than it did at the time. So that's, that's pretty
0: interesting to think about. Um, yeah, I think that... this came out right before that phase of like video games, uh, like circa, like this must've beat it by a year or two. But when everyone just started doing like, we're going to do a Brown, rust colored cover shooter. Uh, everything's going to be gears of war. Uh, and so Mm. I guess it could have fallen a little further into that camp, which would have been a bummer to revisit.
1: Yeah. And I think it, what predates gears of war one by like a year or something. So it's like, um, if it had come out a year later, I think that people would have, it would be far fewer people's favorite star Wars game, you know, because it would be compared to gears and, and, uh, you know, it just it wouldn't hold up from a technical standpoint because Gears was a, a 360 game and this is right. very much not a 360 game. So it's like, um, yeah, you very much And that
0: release window is also like the, the thing that everyone points to as as the reason that this tanked uh, was because it basically released at the same time as Battlefront 2. And that was a multiplayer game that everyone in the world bought and spent a hundred hours on and loved. Uh, And this was a a solitary squad based first person shooter that didn't get any of the marketing budget.
1: Yeah. It's a weird beast, right? Because like I compared it to Halo five, but like Halo five, you can play all that stuff online co-op and, and Republic Commando, uh, I don't think has any multiplayer component whatsoever. Right.
0: Uh, That was a problem that people had at the time. They're like, why can't I uh, do like co-op campaign and like, I know it's me sitting here now in 2019, but I'm like, that doesn't functionally work. Also, you don't want to play one of the dummies. You don't want to be scorched in this game while your friend commands you for where you go, which you would still have to do to make the game functional. Mm-hmm. It is it is a stupid request made by people that don't understand how things work. I get why they asked.
1: Yeah. 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 And it's interesting. Like I, I, I come back to the Halo five thing because it is Republic commando in the Halo universe with a, you know, gazillion dollar budget and, you know, uh, just looks incredible. But, uh, you know, all those characters are very like, they're all like sort of equals, you know, you have blue team and you have fire team Osiris and, and yeah, like chief and Locke are kind of like the headliners. But I mean, one of the, the, you know, like Scorch, for instance, the equivalent of that is like Nathan Fillion in Halo 5 or the one is like Laura, Laura <laughs> Bailey from like Critical Role and, and her husband, uh, Travis, plays one of the other guys. So, I mean, these aren't like characters where, you know, it's like, oh, that's the guy who voices Caden in Mass Effect, but I can't really tell you a whole lot else about his character's backstory. Whereas, you know, in Halo 5, they, they flesh all these things out and, uh So it's kind of cool to think about, Okay, so what would it look like, you know, if if Star Wars took the Republic Commando concept and kind of ran with it and and made it, you know, a new canon story and and really, uh, you know, did that that concept justice, you know, in the 2019, 2020, 2022 or something. Yeah.
0: which it's worth mentioning that a few years later, they actually did start a pre-production uh, that made it up to like the animatics uh, and some level design stuff uh, for uh, Imperial Commando, which was supposed right. to be a sequel to this uh, when you, you know, post Order 66. But like the same group of guys and, and, you know, build on everything that they learned from this, which one of the most frustrating things in all of games is to like have a game that you love, like my love of the video game adaptation of the thing. Uh, where you're like, the mechanics weren't there, but in a sequel, I think everyone would have gotten it. And it's like, and that got canceled.
1: <laughs> I love that game. You're talking about the original Xbox thing.
0: For for people that haven't played it Yes, uh, yeah. they did a sort of pseudo-sequel to the thing uh, where you encountered survivors, and you know they could be the thing or not the thing, and you could blood test them but you had to get people to trust you and there was this cool sort of trust mechanic where you'd like give somebody a gun or ammo to make them trust you and and stuff. The problem became that um it was early enough in games that everyone was pre-programmed to be the thing or not the thing and then turn at the exact same moment every game. There was never any randomization of this mm-hmm. so you you couldn't replay it and and have something different happen. And it was like oh well that makes it sort of not the thing. Uh
1: it was fun to just have a flamethrower and like a hundred little spiders are coming after you, and you just kind of have to like light them all on fire and, and hope for the best. Uh, man, that was a good game. The
0: definition though. of fun is so weird. I just wish I had a flamethrower and hundreds of tiny spiders with heads. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: just... I'm arachnophobic, so it was very cathartic for me. That was a good rental. Well, that's nice. Good game rental for sure. <laughs>
0: But uh, uh, so we've talked about it a little bit here but this this does fall into this sort of maligned genre of like first person shooter games that have a team command mechanic and I, I realized while, while playing like oh I have liked a bunch of flawed games in this series which I until now didn't notice The Thing uh, is also one of them uh, but like uh, Clive Barker did a game called Jericho uh, which is basically you and a squad of army dudes going into hell and through time and it as sort of the same thing but uh the thing that i i think of uh in this uh is that there was a a canceled 1999 2000 uh XCOM game called uh XCOM Alliance which was this it was a first person shooter where you had three other people in your team that you commanded and you went onto spaceships just like this uh but the part of the uh the UI on that was that you had, like, helmet cams on the three other people on your team so you could send them other places and see what they were up to there. And if they got ambushed or something, you could go help out with that. And I'm like, oh, like, the thing I was just criticizing about how, like, there is no option to, like, send anyone else into a different room or or take on anything in, in Republic Commando. This game in 1999 was really trying to pull off and giving you a visual way of monitoring that. Also, like, they'd radio in and tell you what they were up to. And I was like... That's so ambitious, and I understand why it was canceled.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Ravula Commando, you can see its influence all over the place. And, uh, you know, creatively, I think that, you know, the Inferno Squad concept in the 2017 Battlefront probably owes a lot to it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to I see kind of the, the next generation of this, this idea in Star Wars, and uh, hopefully we don't have to wait too long for that because seems seems like you know like you said you put up a good argument for the fact that that it didn't have those big you know boss fight moments like it uh you know if you really if they focus more on the gun play and and had it you know and not just have it be the battlefield uh, dice like shooter mechanics but but went a little bit you know more unique direction with it I, I think it could be really cool um
0: it had plenty of big set pieces and plenty of memorable moments Without ever having to go video gamey on it, yes, and like I, I think it's that's so interesting, and it it, it works well with the the gameplay and how you're supposed to handle this.
1: I think I'd like to see it set from the, like the good good guys' point of view in like uh, the new sequel trilogy Star Wars era, because we like don't really Perfect, yes. we don't have a lot of sequel <laughs> trilogy content yet because you know they don't want to give away spoilery stuff about you know episode nine or whatever like um and and there's a lot of emphasis on uh, you know uniforms clones stormtroopers i'd like to see like sort of the the good guy
0: point of view in this kind of you know. I want a surprise Republic Commando sequel that hit like next week. And like the last mission is where you go to like rescue Ray's parents. And they're like, <laughs> Oh, we didn't, th- we didn't plan that out. We were actually supposed to save that one until after the next movie. Like whoopsie daisy.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And Oscar Isaac is in it just like, uh, you know, making you feel good about yourself. Like, Oh, you did great kid, you know? <laughs> I'm just like
0: ah. If if it was just a game full of Oscar Isaac quips coming from my team, I'm good. Yeah. I don't even need to play it. I just you know what? Actually, I'm just gonna go watch the movie. That was easy. Do you have (laughs) anything to anything else in your notes you want to hit on this before we wrap it up?
1: I don't think so. I think I've kind of uh, rambled all over the place and kind of said the things that I wanted to say. But uh, yeah, I mean, it it holds up. Thought
0: this would be like a 15 minute episode and we hit the hour mark and I'm like, all right, well we had (laughs) thoughts here today. Yeah,
1: it's 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 really fun. I mean, it's definitely it's worth. checking out it's it's not a grind it's not it's not uh a chore to play like a lot of old games are i can say that for sure
0: all right well that's been x-wing in it uh where can people find you on the onlines
1: uh mostly twitter alex j kane with a k-a-n-e and uh of course we have the x-wing in it uh twitter handle as well which i believe is just uh x-wing in it
0: right <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um do you have anything else to promote, like a, a book or something?
1: I mean, you know, the book came out on April 9th uh, Star Wars Night of the Old Republic from Boss Fight Books, and uh, you can get that on Amazon.com for your Kindle, or you can get a paperback at BossFightBooks.com. And other than that, uh, I don't know what's next. So I, hopefully I'll have something else to promote, you know, in the future someday. But, uh, yeah, the, the book has been uh, – people have been saying kind things, so hopefully that continues.
0: All right, that's been our show. Please like, subscribe, smash that, smash that button that does both of those things all at once. Uh, tell a friend, and you know, let us know if you've got feedback on what we're doing here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Also, I've been Brock Wilbur, Find me yeah, at Brock Wilber on Twitter. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs>